The NBA season is here. Lots of guys are getting the bag with their extensions before the season starts. We'll preview Lakers, Nuggets, and Suns Warriors. Plus, we'll give some out some awards picks, and we'll tell you who we think is going to win the NBA title. All that and more on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Tuesday. This is, as you're listening to this in podcast form, the start of the NBA season. The season starts today, a brand new campaign, lots of new teams, superstar team-ups, lots of stuff. It's going to be an exciting season. We're going to bring it to you all season long, daily, five days a week here on Locked On NBA. Want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, co-host of Locked On Nuggets. I'm joined by David Ramil. He's co-host of Locked On Heat. And David, we'll start today because we want to get to the games. We want to get to, to all sorts of picks. We've got predictions, but. It's money day. Uh, The clock is ticking for for players to get their extensions done before the start of the NBA season. We have a lot of extensions to kind of go through. We're going to do a lightning round. I want to give you uh, you to give me good deal, bad deal, fine deal on all of these. And we'll go through these. Let's start with Denny Avdia uh, for the Washington Wizards, who, boy, the Wizards just love giving out money for a team that's going nowhere this season. Four years, $55 million on the Wizards wing. Uh, he will make $15.6 million next season, 24-25, when his extension kicks in. Uh, and then it declines, however, by 27-28, back down to, to $12 million. So it's a, it's a declining contract. He gets paid a lot up front. $55 million for Denny Avdia, who the Wizards basically decided between him and Rui Hachimura last season and decided on Denny Avdia. What do you think about that deal? I want to say it's a good deal. I, and I'm not, I'm not I'm sure that Wizards fans probably agree with me. I think that he's a good player with still some potential to reach. I don't know if he's going to reach it on the Wizards because they just haven't been able to tap into a lot of the potential for some of their young players. But I think considering what the money's going to be like over the next couple of seasons in terms of the salary cap and everything else like that, it's not as egregious a deal as it sounds like. I know we're hearing that and we're getting some sticker shock here at hearing the numbers involved. But it's not that bad a deal for a 22-year-old player with some upside who's going to put up some decent numbers over the next couple of seasons. He's a good defender. I think he's got some potential offensively as well. I I don't think it's a bad deal. What do you think? I lean a little bit towards bad. I think it's a bad deal for this team in particular. Uh, Is Avdia, by the the end of this contract, is he going to be in a position to uh, be part of your core that you're hoping to build with whatever you get in the draft? Probably not. Um, I don't understand being like, yeah, we got Jordan Poole on this money and we have Kyle Kuzma that we just re-signed for this amount of money. Uh, and we just gave Denny Avdia this new deal. Why? Like the big three. It's, it's a lot of half measures. And I just, I think the wizards have tried half measures for too long. I get it. I'm not a big Avdia guy. I really like Rui. Uh, you kind of, you kind of liked one or the other last season and like they're, they both can be good. I think Avdia can be fine. I don't think it's like a nightmare extension. It's fine. It maybe could wind up being really good. Uh, I leave it a little bit towards bad. He kind of leaves me cold, but Hey, maybe he puts it together uh, this season. Um, He certainly is off to a great start with the amount of side eye that he's giving Jordan (laughs) Poole in the backcourt in preseason. Uh, 
Nuggets big man Zeke Naji, four years, thirty-two million. Uh, this is a fine deal. The Nuggets basically gave him this amount because they need contracts that they can move later. They can't really. They are going the opposite route of the Bucks, which the Bucks were like, we're going to clear. Nobody's going to get paid except for basically the big four: Bobby Portis and, and Grayson Allen. That, and like now, it's like those four and Pat Content, right? that's it. And no, everybody else was on minimum contracts like Wes Matthews and Joe Ingles was on a, a low budget deal. This is basically the nugget saying, okay, we think you can grow into something. And if you do great, we'll probably trade you. And if you don't fine, we'll probably trade you. Uh, that's probably what this looks like. I don't have a lot of like, I, I have still have a lot of questions about Najee, but he is a switchable defender. He's an underrated perimeter defender. They mess with his shot by reworking it. They have confidence it's going to come around. I'm a little skeptical of it. I think it's a fine deal. It's definitely not great, but it's also definitely not terrible. I think this is a fine deal. What's the numbers again on the contract? Four years, 32. It's eight per. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it's fair. I, I, I'm not a big fan, though, and I know a lot of franchises have to operate this way of giving this money because you're scared of losing a player and then also with that kind of idea – you know what? In a couple of years, you're probably going to be gone anyway, because you kind of would like them to have some kind of a consistency of an idea of what you might be and and the hope that you could turn into that player or maybe a good idea of what you could turn into. So I, I, I get it. I, it's not doesn't seem like you again, you know, the team much better than I do. And if you think that's something that they, they have some small amount of faith in that he can continue to develop, it seems like a fine deal. Pages forward, Aaron Neesmith agreed to a three year 33 million flat 11 years each year deal over the uh, course of the deal three years 33 million with the pacers uh, I'll say this is a good deal uh, I'm very high on Neesmith I just have been I think he's grown into a better and better player each season uh, 37 percent from three last season 43 percent from the field he's got some defensive chops I think he's really he actually started to get some minutes last season and started to make something of himself I actually think he'll pick it up this season and be a part of what I think is going to be a pretty good team uh, at 11 million per. I like this deal for a pretty young player. I don't understand the reasoning behind getting him this money now when you still have Buddy Heal under contract. And and I, I think I, I would have liked to have seen them maybe hold on. I know again there's a deadline to try and get this done before the season starts and everything else like that. But I, I think you could have given him an opportunity to move Buddy, showcase what Neesmith can do, and then come up with a fair number that way, or at least a more appropriate gauge of what kind of a player he is. I'm not a Neesmith guy myself. Uh, I remember him struggling a lot in Boston, and I, I just I know that he took a leap last year with some more playing time. I just don't know if he's necessarily going to live into it. Either way, the contract's not a big deal, so it's not a bad problem necessarily, but I just, I'm not sure that he's earned that just yet based on what he's done over the NBA career. You obviously cover the heat, but you also keep a pretty close eye on Orlando and they fl they face Miami quite often. The Magic announced that they are extending Cole Anthony with uh, a pretty sizable deal on this new contract. Um, Cole Anthony winds up uh, with, I'm trying to find the, the details on it, um, but with Cole Anthony now kind of back for them, what is it that you kind of think that, that Anthony brings to them? And did you think this is a good or bad deal? At first, I, I was a little surprised because we heard like some rumors and rumblings over the summer that he was looking for a trade because he couldn't get that opportunity to get the extension done, maybe some concerns about playing time and things of that sort. And then he's finally ha you know, hammered into a deal. I think the Magic are lucky to have a guy like Anthony. I think he's still got a lot of potential. I like what he brings to the table. He's still a quick, explosive guard. He's had erratic shots sometimes, 
but I think he's a pretty good player overall. I think the numbers, again, they seem jarring at first, but when you consider his impact on a young team, I like the idea of keeping a nucleus together and being able to continue to build it for a couple of years down the road. This is a, a big season for Anthony and for the Magic to continue to show that they're just not potential waiting to happen, that they can actually start to realize it on the court. Yeah, three years, thirty-nine million. I promise. I had actually looked up and, and seen that before we went on. I just blanked out on it when I was, I was yeah. on my list. Three years, thirty-nine million for Cole Anthony. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you here. I'm going to say it's a bad deal. Uh, they mm. they they pursued trading him. This is another. This has become like a a really pretty constant thing, and it keeps giving me whiplash, even though it's happened like six or seven times in the last couple of years, where. I hear a team is looking to trade a guy. They don't want to extend him. They're looking to trade him. They're trying to find value. They can't do it. Oh, we didn't want this guy and we're trying to move him for other things, but we couldn't. So now I guess we'll give him another three years and $13 million per year. And I'm just like, but why not just not do that? (laughs) You know, like there are other options here, I think, even if the deal is not necessarily perfect, but you know, I, I, when I talk to executives, they're like, well, that's not really how it works. You can't really do a deal when everybody knows that you're just trying to dump him. You're going to get nothing back. And then you just lose the asset versus you put him on this deal and maybe he turns into a star and maybe he doesn't, maybe he turns into a really good player and maybe he doesn't, and you can always trade him later. But what you can't do is just not sign him. And then he leaves. And then it's, and then you gotta deal with restricted free agency and all that. So that's where these kind of decisions come from. Um, I, I just personally don't look at, I think if Cole was going to take the leap and make be the guy that they need, they probably would have identified that earlier. I also think that if you look at the roster construction with Markel, okay, what they badly need is a player of Cole's ilk, but Cole's not good enough to take that job. And yeah. they drafted Anthony Black. So like the scoring side on the wing, they've got Jalen Suggs and Anthony Black. And now it's like, I, and look, I think there's value in having a reliable backup point guard for 13 million. Like that's, that's valuable in this league. I do think that that's true. He's just um, not a reliable I, backup point guard. I just, I just think he's like, he's not like massively below. I just think he's like a little bit below where I would probably want to look elsewhere if I was doing, uh, doing the evaluations on these types of things. So uh, some of the bigger ones that got done uh, today, in particular, Jaden McDaniels. Woo. J- Jaden got the bag. Jaden McDaniels agreed to a five-year, $135 million contract uh, for with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I, I had heard this was the number on Jaden McDaniels, so this wasn't like sticker shock to me because I was like, I heard that this was the number, and I very rarely will hear a number if they're way apart. So if I if I hear, if they're way apart, I'll just hear, yeah, they're way apart. So I, I kind of got a sense this was probably going to be the range. I get it. Jaden might have been, might have been the second best Timberwolf last year. Like it was Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns was out. Rudy was not as bad as the perception, but he also wasn't great. He was still struggling to kind of adapt. D'Angelo Russell was D'Angelo Russell. Mike Conley didn't get there until later in the year. It's like Jaden McDaniels or Kyle Anderson. Those are the options for the second best Wolf last year. So (laughs) uh, premier defender. He's 80th percentile and estimated plus minus the advanced metrics like him. I test. I love him. I think he's got, a lot of shake. I think he's a ter- elite defender. Um, I get why they went ahead and sunk 135 million over five into Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it makes a lot of sense for their long-term future. Good young player. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody who watches them play comes away with the sense that he is 
a good player and with some potential greatness there too. So I, I think uh, it certainly seems like a good deal. Final one, Josh Green, three years, 41 million. Love this deal. It's a steal for the Mavericks. Josh Green is, is really good. Uh, the He makes Luka better. The All the metrics kind of indicate that. He's a wing that plays really hard. He's smart. He can play off ball. He's going to grow into be a really good player. I think this is a good deal. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I, I, we, we talked last year about, or last week rather, about, you know, the Mavericks and, and their, their chances this year. I mean, it seems like it's got one of those potentials to seem like a really bad deal, though. I, I, I'm optimistic now, but not that much. Hmm. Okay. Uh, on the other side, we'll talk Lakers and Nuggets and Suns and Warriors. We'll preview the opening night games as the NBA season begins. Right now, I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. The NBA season starting, and you can bet it at FanDuel. One of the best things about FanDuel, I'll tell you, relative to all the other books, you can parlay awards winners. So I got myself a Nikola Jokic to win MVP, Victor Wembanyama to win Rookie of the Year, and... Miami Heat's own Bam Adebayo to win Defensive Player of the Year. I got that. At, I got that at fifty-three to one. So uh, pretty good return on that parlay. I'll let you bet into these things later in the season, so you can check that out at Fanduel. The app is so easy to use. They offer a wide range of options, spreads, player props, over/unders, and more. Visit Fanduel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moore and David Ramel. Let's talk some games, man. The games are here. We actually have games tonight. I'm very excited for it. Uh, I'll be in the building for the Nuggets unveiling their first ever franchise banner. A lot of excitement in the building for that. Lakers promising to shut up all that trash talk from the Nuggets. What trash talk is that, you ask? A reporter said something a couple months back and Michael Malone made some comments on a podcast back in like July and that that's it. But we're doing the whole though, the nuggets trash talking LeBron's going to shut them up. That thing. Um, I I find this, this narrative to be obnoxious. If you can't tell, Uh, I do think it's going to be an interesting matchup though. Davis looks like Anthony Davis looks like he has leveled up in terms of, he worked on his jumper all summer. That's significant because he was really limited in what he was, able, how he was able to punish the nuggets. They're probably going to use the Rui defense on uh, Nikola Jokic to try and uh, keep AD out of foul trouble and hopefully not get run over the way that he was in that Western conference final series. Um, what are you expecting from LeBron and company in this matchup? I think they're going to be fired up. I think they, it, they LeBron at in particular at this stage in his career and he's always done this, but I mean, even now, you need this kind of perceived slights to find mm-hmm. an extra reason to gear up at age, at age 38 and year 21. Uh, he just needs something more, and he's going to come out there fired up. AD, I think, is going to have a big game. 
I I'm totally predicting a Lakers win that's gonna suck all the air out of ball arena and it's not going to make any difference because the nuggets don't care because it's just one game out of 82 and it's going to feed the whole narrative of Nikola Jovic not giving a damn and loving his horses more than basketball and everything else but just so many different fun storylines they're going to manifest in this totally meaningless game to start the season and again I think it's just going to wind up being like to the Lakers it matters to the Nuggets it does not and I you know it it just it's great to see the banner hanging in there none of which matters on Tuesday night and I think it's just going to be a fun game. And I think the Lakers wind up stealing it. I do remember the biggest anal- analogy I can think of here. The Nuggets are a better team than the 2012-13 Mavericks or 2011-12 Mavericks were um, mm. because the Mavericks lost all those guys in free agency after the lockout and Cuban kind of panicked, honestly, with team building like Tyson Chandler departs, etc. cetera. Um, but I remember LeBron had to watch the Mavericks hang the banner and then just absolutely demolish them, just eradicated them. Now he loves that stuff. This is not Lat LeBron. Yeah. And in my opinion, this Lakers team is nowhere near that Heat team. Um, sidebar: the 2011 to 2014 Heat. The further we get away from them, the more they're diminished. Please remember that that team was a monster that destroyed teams. I called them the flying death machine. Like that's one of the best teams that we've ever seen. And people tend to forget it because they lost two finals. Um, That was a monster, but that is kind of a comparison of how LeBron can get up for these games. Anthony Davis has said like, Oh yeah, we've got that one circle. Can't wait for this. We're really excited (laughs) for it. Now, personally, if I'm a Lakers fan, that makes me like a little bit weary because I don't think you ever want Anthony Davis in the spot where he's got to really bow up and, show how tough and strong he is. You want him like beating up on undersized teams in January playing for Orlando, like Wendell Carter juniors out, you know, like that's, that's really where 80 hulks up and dunks and and flexes. Um, But I also think that (laughs) I also think that it's entirely possible. 80 drops like 45 tomorrow night because he's an incredible player. And that jumper does look a lot. Who does Jonathan Isaac think he is? He can't stop me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that. Um, additionally, I think Austin Reeves has a pretty big game. The Nuggets don't really game plan much for him. And he's going to run the second unit where the Nuggets are really weak. I will tell you this. If the Nuggets have an early lead, the Lakers will come back because the Nuggets second unit is going to be run by Jamal Murray and a stagger with Reggie Jackson. The Nuggets are going to bleed in those minutes. It's going to be ugly. So just like last year, the non-Yokic minutes are going to be really rough. If the Lakers can get a lead, after the first Jokic minutes, then they'll be in a good spot to control this game and possibly get the win. Uh, and the late contest, the new look Phoenix Suns with Bradley Beal until next to Kevin Durant and a whole new cast of role players take on the Golden State Warriors in the first game with Chris Paul. Uh, Andrew Wiggins back for the Warriors, but no Draymond Green. It was reported before we came on the uh, live show that we're doing right now that uh, Draymond Green will not play in the season opener tomorrow for the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, that's a big boost to the Suns. The Warriors uh, actually last season had a worse record with Steph and without Draymond than they did with Draymond without Steph. That's the first time that that's happened since uh, Steve Kerr arrived, since Draymond Green and the Kerr era. Uh, So... I kind of lean, I still lean a little bit towards the Warriors here. I just think that they'll, I think this team has a lot of weapons to be able to, be able to match up with the Suns. I particularly like Kevon Looney 
being able to go mm. up against use of Nurkic. Like that's a matchup that I like Looney quite a bit in. Uh, I'll be curious to see kind of how the Chris Paul stagger minutes go, what that looks like versus Bradley Beal. Devin Booker should have a big game though. Andrew Wiggins is a pretty good defender. Uh, it'll be curious to see kind of what the Suns. My biggest question with this one is, what does the Suns' offense look like? Are they going to shoot enough threes? And just what does their offense look like? Given that this is a team with extremely high efficiency personnel, but not they don't they haven't shot threes as a team, and Frank Vogel's teams haven't shot threes as a group. So the Warriors might be able to get an edge if Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Chris Paul are bombing from three. That to me is going to be a key for who gets the first win of the season tomorrow night. It's going to be an interesting matchup because I mean Phoenix's offense looks so great during the preseason, and there's no reason to doubt that it wouldn't take a step up. But without Draymond there, can Golden State do just enough defensively to limit Phoenix? I, I tend to think that that's not the case, even though they are at home and they play so much better there, etc. I think I think I like Phoenix's chances, but I am curious to see what that Chris Paul lineup looks like. I just I cannot wrap my mind around that concept, but it should be an interesting one for sure. Who will have the most points on opening night? Oh, that is a great question. Most points opening night. Uh, Devin Booker. That was going to be my answer. I agree. Devin Booker leads all scores on opening night. You heard it here first on <laughs> Locked on NBA. We'll talk a little bit about the season-long picks. We'll talk about awards. We'll go through who we think is going to win the awards. We'll talk about who we think is going to make the conference finals and who will bring home the Larry O'Brien. We'll do that on the other side on Locked On NBA. Let's talk about game time. David, I went to what I think is America's best outdoor music venue. This Red Rocks? Week, Red Rocks Amphitheater. Last week, we caught a show there. It was absolutely phenomenal. It was so beautiful. Uh, you get to overlook the city. There are these giant red rock caverns surrounding you. The music is awesome. Every time I hear an artist talk about it, they talk about how excited they are to, to be there. And we got there with tickets from Game Time. Uh, they were on Game Time and we were able to find them. And then after the show, my wife wanted to go catch an Avalanche game. And she was like, man, I can't. These tickets are crazy. And, uh, and I this is, I'm not shilling here. I'm genuinely saying this. I told her, I was like, check Game Time. And she's like, okay, Mr. Locked On. I was like, no, seriously, like go check game time. She opens up the app and she goes down and she scrolls, she searches for, for, for abs tickets and she finds them for just an unbelievable price. Like these tickets are so affordable and they're for the next day. And that's the best thing about game time is you can get these tickets up to the day, the hour, the minute of the event, even after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA.
The Locked On Ultimate NBA Season Preview is here. A six-episode series with all 30 of our Locked On NBA team shows. From contenders to tankers, we go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Locked On NBA on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. David, which segment was uh, Locked On Heat on from that series? Uh, They were into contenders. Really? Oh, that's nice of Nick to throw you guys a bone. So, um... (laughs) So, well, let's do let's do title stuff first. Actually, let's start there. Um, All right, we're gonna go through some season predictions here. Give me your conference finalists. So, who's gonna meet in the Eastern Conference Finals? Who are the final two teams in the East? I think it'll be Boston, Miami, yet again in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I will go Milwaukee, Miami in the Eastern oh. Conference Finals. How I'm crazy not is that? I know. So, how, how insane is that? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I talked about this when we were, I did this, I gave out Heat as a best bet on my other podcast, which is betting related, because I was like, look, you have to find the third best team in the Eastern Conference that you think if one of them falls, if one of them slips, or if they fall into the same bracket, if like the Cavs get the one seed somehow, and it's Celtics Bucks in the same side of the bracket, they both can't make the conference finals. So you got to find that third team. It's not the Cavs. I'm not betting on JB Bickerstaff, right? I go through the options and I'm like, oh man, it's probably the heat. It's, it's probably the heat again. Uh, So it's interesting that you've got Boston and I've got Milwaukee there facing Miami. Um, Who do you think wins and goes to the finals? I think it's Boston. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll take my, I'll take Milwaukee there. I'll take Milwaukee going to the the finals. Giannis and Dame they're they're fragile but i will just say like that combination is going to be really pretty amazing and i like the matchup with boston as well i just i don't know i don't want to get into it because i just feel like I, i've made some comments recently and I, like i i don't doubt milwaukee i just think it's a lot more and fragile is a good word i think it's like very tenuous there they could win a, a hell of a lot of games but when the playoffs come around and it all depends on like a matchup or an injury defining a series ugh. It hasn't worked out well for the Bucks, except for a couple oh, man, seasons Dame, ago. Yeah, Dame's going to be so mad when they take a charge and hurt him in that series. <laughs> Rough. In the Western Conference Finals, who, who do you think are going to match up? In the Western Conference, I think it's Phoenix-Denver. Okay. Uh, I will take – this is a shocker. I'm going to take Denver versus Minnesota. conference finals i think the nuggets have the best starting five in basketball and i think that the minnesota timberwolves are set for a really great season i love everything about how this team project and i'm willing to i will tell you that until the stephen adams injury i would have said memphis i was ready to go all in on memphis this season and stephen adams injury uh takes them too far out i think they will be a really tough team this season though um so have the west between the suns and the nuggets who do you think wins I think it's the Suns. I think the yeah. I think Suns, Suns, Celtics matchup in the NBA Finals makes sense. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't make it to seven games with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, and now they have use of Nurkic and Bradley Beal. This makes sense. Uh, I'll take the Nuggets. They have the best starting five in basketball. Rudy Gobert it has nightmares about Nikola Jokic. I think it's it'll be like a really validating series for Carl Anthony Towns, but I'll go ahead and take this. Um, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, you're insane. Look, it could be the Suns. It could be the Warriors. It could be the Lake. Like, I'm giving you something where I'm like, hey, I actually genuinely believe the Wolves are really good. And this is a, a pick that sets me apart. Like, I could see this happening. 
it's if I if you're just like, what is the most probabilistic outcome? Well, you just look at the odds. The odds say it's Suns Nuggets. That's what the odds say. Okay, so you've got Suns versus Celtics. Celtics. Who yeah. do you think wins? I think it's the Celtics. Okay, Boston Celtics win the Drew Holiday edition. Chris Tapps Porzingis, uh, NBA champion. Uh, Jason Tatum Finals MVP. I assume. Yes. Okay. Uh, I will go. This is tough, man. Bucks Nuggets would be a heck of a series. I will go Nuggets. This is a homer. This sounds like a homer pick, even though I'm not a Nuggets fan. Um, I just don't like the matchup for Milwaukee versus Denver in particular. They've really struggled with Denver because of what Jokic is able to do to Brooke Lopez. If it's Celtics, if if we flip it up and it's Celtics Nuggets, I think the Celtics win. If we flip it up and it's, um, you know, if it's Suns versus Bucks, yeah. Then boy, that one's tough. I yeah, I think I might lean a little bit towards I probably Bucks because of the defense. If they get there, they're presumably healthy. I'll take them, but that would be a heck of a series again. Yeah. Um, and if it's Heat versus any of them, the other team's gonna win. Uh in also for the, fair for the let's do this. Uh most valuable player. Who do you think is gonna come home with the MVP award this season? Oh, I have no idea. I really that that is almost impossible. Uh I think it's Jokic again. I mean, that's the easy answer and the right road probably, uh, but there's just a lot of different options. And I wonder if all the different conversations that are just meaningless and BS over the offseason are just going to drive people away from seeing what's right in front of them, that he is the best player on the planet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's the MVP. Uh, I am taking Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. I know you've talked about the odds on that being pretty good, but he would have to have yep. not just a monster season, like Oklahoma City in the playoffs to what, top four seed in the West? Yeah. Like I'm saying they get to like 49 and a half to 50 wins, like between 49 and 50 wins. They just wow. scrape it out and his numbers are better. And there's no other candidate that's like, that's quite as good. It's a, if you ask me for like the most reasonable answer here, it's Jason Tatum. It's the Celtics are going to win a ton of games. He's going to have awesome stats. Like Jason Tatum is the most likely winner, but I'll pay, take Shelly Gill, just Alexander as a, um, I believe this could happen because he is that, that good. Uh, let's over, do the, over Jovic, over Doncic too. Like what are the numbers on him? Too? You just said Jovic for the second time. I didn't correct you the first time, but you, Jokic, you, Jokic sorry. Well, <laughs> you did it it's really funny. Um, <laughs> Shea's numbers actually match up very well. Like he averaged 30 points last year with better defense. He's not going to have the assist that Doncic does, but if you think that the Thunder can have more wins, which I think they can, they may not, but they can, it matches up pretty well. Uh, the question here is about the Nuggets and what that looks like. Cause I think the Nuggets are actually going to struggle a little bit in the regular season. That's why I think okay. that that's possible. Uh, defensive player of the year. Same pick as yours. Bam out of bio. Bam out of bio. It should be Bam out of bio. I don't know what's going to take for voters to get it through their heads for the league. It's not, ju it's not just the voters. I'll say this league people too, or are, are like, yeah, no, Bam's good. But, and I'm like, no, like that's it. Like Bam yeah. is the guy. Like he's yeah. the best defender in the NBA. Block more I, shots. I, 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 yeah, I think he's going to. I think he's going to do that a little bit more. I think he's also, like, everybody saw what he was capable of during the postseason and realized what a great defender he is. And I think the kind of stories about the offseason and everything else kind of like, 
just the shift in the narrative part of it, which plays such a big part of how people make these kind of decisions, will start to shift a little bit. In his case, I think we're going to see a team like Boston with good defense, and you're going to see, well, you know what? With Drew Holiday there, you know, is Tatum really that good a defender? Is Jalen Brown that good a defender? Of Chris Tapps, et cetera. You know, is Giannis, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Giannis? His numbers are probably going to be a little bit down, having to make up for Dame's defensive, you know, problems. So I could see the shifting in Bam's favor. Let's do uh, rookie of the year. <laughs> I mean, Chet Holmgren, right? If you're, if Shea Gilgis <laughs> Alexander is going to win MVP, then why not Chet Holmgren? Nice, I like it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I really like completely. Really like, I, <laughs> I really like Scoot Henderson's chances. I really did. <laughs> and then I watched preseason, and about thirty seconds of watching Victor Wembanyama, you're just like, what is happening? Like what, what is happening here? Uh, it is, it is a, a revolutionary experience watching Victor Wemanyama. So I will take the safe pick here and say Victor Wemanyama. Sure. Um, how about most improved player? This one, I'm curious to see what you'll say. Oh, most improved player. I actually have given this zero thought and I know we talked about doing this. Give, give me your, 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 your contender and I'll, I'll come up with something in the meantime. Uh, most improved player nowadays goes to a first-time all-star. That's one of the things that it does. It goes to a first-time all-star yeah. that um, actually puts up pretty big numbers for a winning team. Surprisingly. Okay. I've got my pick, Tyler Hero. Tyler okay. Hero, first-time all-star. I think he's got a legitimate I, chance. I love it. That'd be great. That'd be that'd be that'd be really great. Is if is if like yeah, Tyler Hero makes the all-star team and then they can all the heat uh fans and by fans i mean media can tweet at the blazers people <laughs> and talk about that um right. uh, my pick is desmond bain i think desmond bain is going to average 25 5 5 this season and is going to be phenomenal i think people are not ready for how good desmond bain is uh how about coach of the year coach of the year uh the one that takes the team unexpectedly um Sorry, uh, Mark Dagonal, I think from Oklahoma City, right? Like, I think they'll win a lot of games. You got an MVP candidate, and all of a sudden, everybody's gonna realize, hey, you know what? He's been there a while. He's actually a pretty good coach. I could see him getting some coach of the year consideration. It's not gonna be Eric Spolster. We know that. Sixth man of the year. Sixth man of the year. Oh, by the way, mine, gonna... by the way, mine's Chris Finch. If I think the Wolves are gonna, yeah. win, I do. They and Chris Finch <laughs> yeah. is gonna win the award. So. Yeah, you love you love Finch. Um, I'm not buying into Boston, Boston Celtics media mafia. I'm not going to go Peyton Pritchard on that. I don't give a damn. Yeah. I, he would have to. I, 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 uh, six man of the year. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I really, I, I don't have a clear answer right now. Who do you have? Josh Green's okay. starting for right now. Okay. Otherwise, I, I would probably lean towards Josh Green. I think Taylor Horton Tucker, if the Jazz could win enough games to be in the playing uh, tournament is an option, but I'll actually go with Sadiq Bay. I think Sadiq Bay, especially if the extension does not get done and it has not gotten done as we're recording this on Monday, I think he's going to put up a lot of points for the Atlanta Hawks. And I like him as a pure scorer off the bench, which fills the category of who wins yeah. this man. Yeah, um, well, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it, but I, I can, I could I could be convinced. You gotta, you gotta take the long shots here, David. That's if you're wrong, no one cares. And if you're right, you get to, we're going to share this clip on shorts everywhere that's you gotta you, you gotta get on board um i got one more for you because they added this award it's a oh, serious right. award the clutch player of the year why not shea again 
okay. Okay. Is that the Fox, long shot, right? Is Fox last year, Shea this year? Okay. Oh, it was, was it, it Fox was, last year? I thought it was Shea last year. No, it's, it was Fox last year because he was insane. Uh, and he was, his numbers were was. ridiculous in the clutch. He was pretty good. Uh, somebody had mentioned, I think it was, it may have been our, our friends over at Locked on Bulls. Somebody had mentioned DeMar DeRozan. I actually kind of like that. Like, I think it's possible that if the Bulls are just in a bunch of, of games and DeRozan hits a bunch of game winners, like he's prone to do, it could definitely be that. Like, it's it's not playoff clutch player of the year. So I think DeRozan's able to, to get there. So, um, okay. We've rolled through all of it. Uh, breaking news as we're doing this podcast. This is we're recording from, on Monday afternoon. Onyeka Okongwu. Agreed to a four-year, sixty-two million dollar extension with the Atlanta Hawks. So four sixty-two. So I know that's uh, an average of five. Fifteen and a half. Yeah. Um, that's to me. That's great money. I think that's a great deal for the Hawks. I think if anything, honestly, them not being able to trade Capella earlier makes them be able to get this deal done for less, which is a steal for them. I think Okongwu is going to be a breakout player this season and that extension is going to look cheap in two years. He's very mm-hmm. good at a lot of things. Yeah. No, it sounds like a good deal. We were just talking about it. I thought we, he was going to, we thought he might command even more money than this. Right. But it seems like a pretty good deal. And uh, he's an exciting young player. Let's go wrap it up for locked on NBA. Enjoy the games. The NBA season is here. You can catch the reaction of the opening night on Wednesday's show with John Corrales and Jake Madison as well as all throughout the week. We've got Nick Angstott and Pat the Designer, Adam Mares, and Wes Goldberg on Fridays. We'll see you guys again next Monday for the first Monday of NBA action. We'll record after the games are through, and I'll be putting that on Twitter on a live show. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on NBA. (laughs) 